And now, the Street Photography Magazine podcast with your host, Bob Patterson. Welcome back to the Street Photography Magazine podcast. I'm Bob Patterson, publisher of Street Photography Magazine. And our guest this episode is Ellen Friedlander. She is, well, she's from upstate New York. We'll get into that. I got to ask her about that. And uh, spent many years in Hong Kong, which we'll get into. She's uh, now living in Los Angeles, and she's a lifetime photographer. Uh, she's been photographing her whole life. The avid street photographer does a lot of other really cool stuff, fine art. And uh, so we're going to certainly get into that. So, Ellen, welcome. Thanks for being with us today. Hi, Bob. I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah, I'm thrilled you're with us. Uh, do some amazing work, which we'll get into. And um, so, you know, before we really take a deep dive into your work and what you do, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? I mean, how you got into this to begin with, your your journey in photography, and, uh, you know, where, where it's going to take you. And do that in two minutes or less. Okay. No, I'm kidding. Well, I, uh, I was a figure skater for the big chunk of my beginning life, and I danced and I was into art. And I was given a choice um, when I was 16 by my mom and dad who were like, you know, we've been putting all this money into figure skating, but you're, you know, what do you really want to do with your life? And I was like, well, I'm not going to be a Dorothy Hamill any day soon. So I decided that I was given an opportunity to go to boarding school, which was amazing. And when I went to Emma Willard, the first thing I got interested in was photography. And it became where skating had been my everything. Photography then became my expression of choice. And so from 16 on, um, my father bought me a camera. My first camera was an Olympus OM2N. <laughs> and I just was like, everything I could possibly do was circled around having that camera in in my hands and around. And, and that was the beginning of my journey. Um, I chose Ithaca college because of that. Um, they have amazing photography department and that is basically, it, it was just, that was my launch. Is that a very, that was a brief intro to my commitment to the, to the world of photography. Um, I can go a little bit deeper and say that while I was in Ithaca college, we were a really small department. Mm -hmm. There were 15 of us in the, in the seminar led by uh, Danny Guthrie and Monty Gerlach. Danny was fine art and Monty Gerlach had worked for Playboy. So very commercial. And mm -hmm. so we had two different ends of the spectrum and they really, really um, taught us how to be photographers um, one of my classmates was Jeff Katz, who is an amazing photographer here in LA, celebrity photographer, prints, all that. Um, another one, Ross Cameron, went into photojournalism in San Francisco. And so I was just around like really passionate photographers from the beginning. But what really um, launched me was Emmett Gowan came to our senior thesis class mm. and he showed the photographs of his, of Edith. And, you know, just his everyday work. Right. And I was like three feet in, you know, from him. And I was just like, I'm done. This is it. This is what I want to do. This is, this is, this is it. Right. I was 21 years old and I was like, okay, 
I don't know how I'm going to get there. So now what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's how I started. Wow. Wow. So real quick. So where are you from in upstate New York? I'm from Utica, New York. Uh, oh, really? Town. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Not, not a place. It's, it's, a, it was a wonderful place to grow up. Um, and I'm from, we have a house in the Adirondacks in Old Forge, which is, we still have to this day. So there's a lot when you have a base like that to go back to after years and years and re-photograph, mm-hmm. which now at this point, taking in that history, when I go back and make photographs, I'm finding my, um, I'm finding my voice. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that is cool to be able to go back to places, you know, you knew as a child and, uh, the way things change, you know, record the way things change. So tell us, you went to China, you lived in Hong Kong for like 15 years. What's that all about? Well, I was, uh, (laughs) My my ex and I were given an amazing opportunity to uh-huh. move to Hong Kong. And we had an 18-month-old, my son Skylar at the time. And so we moved to this amazingly um, different environment. Um, we had been in Ocala, Florida, okay, the middle of Florida, which was a very challenging place to be for three and a half years. Mm-hmm. Um, I did get a master's. I went to University of Florida, and I did do a lot of soul searching and had a baby. But when I hit the ground in Hong Kong, I was like 24 hours there. I looked at David and I said, this is amazing. (laughs) I can do this. And so um, it was a really interesting journey. The first year was just um, overwhelming um, amount of new information to take in of even just the language I had to like, just a stroller was a buggy, was a push cart, was all these different kinds of words. Um, People invited me to tea. I was like, it wasn't tea. It was an early dinner. You know, I mean, it was just, it was just an amazing um, broadening. And I had my camera. I photographed my son constantly, photographed him, um, photographed the play groups, photographed everything I saw. It was just and, and I was still in film. So I was, I'm a, I'm a very slow adapter. Um, I'm one of those people that was mm-hmm. late to the digital game. Yeah. Um, but Hong Kong working, I went from film um, to digital there. And that was challenging because I had to do it all on my own. There wasn't, there weren't a lot of English speaking photographers that I knew. Yeah. That, that's, Difficult. I mean, it's such a different, I mean, the language is so different and culture is so different. And It was, it was challenging. And I found a printer that um, I befriended and they were wonderful to me because I would take my film and I would take it in and she would help me edit it. And she would, she would, and then there were a couple of photographs that I really made that were quite special at the time that I knew I really wanted to get you know, have it specially printed and I had no means. And I remember being told of this Chinese photographer that was like a a famous printer. And I went into the bowels of like the other side, the Kowloon side to find this photographer who didn't speak a word of English. And he printed this photograph that I had made with my little Ricoh street photography film camera. 
and needed to be specially printed and a little hand tinted and stuff. And he, and he, you know, he understood and he made this print and it was like gold to me, you know, mm-hmm. it was just seeing your work printed. It, it was, it was, it was an amazing experience. Um, to photograph and and watch the transition of Hong Kong unfold. Yeah, have you have you been back since the recent changes? Been back many times. Yeah, um, many times. But last year, Alexi and I, my daughter and I, went to visit my son who had moved back to Hong Kong, and oh. we moved. We went and we were in quarantine through the pandemic. Oh. So we were in two weeks in quarantine which I photographed and I made several um, extended frame images in that with that experience in mind. Um, Two weeks in two rooms um, was a very um, enlightening experience and did give pause to use my camera several times. Um, And then we were in Hong Kong. We extended that trip for two and a half months because oh. of the pandemic here in LA being so, um, you know, widespread, it didn't make any sense to fly on a long haul plane and come back to LAX and just with the risk of getting infected and no vaccine, you know, it was just, mm. so I got to, I got to walk the streets for another, like, like I walked for eight weeks every day making photographs. It was, it was amazing. <laughs> it was wonderful. Caught up with a lot of friends. Um, yeah, it was great. And we did, we worked, I had, we had, I hosted some Pasadena photography arts um, shows. We had some, all sorts of stuff kind of happened while I was there. It was great. Yeah, it looks like it. I've been looking at your work on your website and it's, uh, yeah, it is pretty amazing. I assume the Hong Kong gallery is just from your recent stuff when you, when you were there for those months. It's not all recent, but there's a oh. lot of recent on there. Yeah, yeah. And um, so what did you do when you lived in Hong Kong? Were you working as a photographer? Well, my primary goal, my primary um, responsibility has always been to raise my children really well. Sure. Because I really wanted them. Like, that was a mission of mine. Photography was one mission. And the other one was I really wanted to have babies. So so I, I that was one focus. And the other focus was always working on photography, but I have a friend, um, Joanna James, who I knew from baby group and we were really close friends and she was doing businesses, little, little different kinds of entrepreneurial businesses. And one day she was working with photographer and my kids were little and she invited me to a photo shoot and she needed models for the shoot. Uh And my kids were the models. And Uh so I met the photographer, Simon and his partner, Helen. And I said, you know, this is early days I was in Hong Kong. And I said, you know, I was a rep in, in, in St. Louis, Missouri. And I don't know if you're interested in, you know, seeing what I could do for you, but it's a, it's a skill set that I, I have some affinity for. Yeah. And I, they couldn't call me fast enough. And so <laughs> it started a relationship that I had with them for 10 years. So it was amazing because I got to raise my children and part time keep my photography skills alive and just functioning and 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 just just alive you know excited and have somebody else to you know work with and make photographs with and i brought expats to them and it was just a really wonderful um collaboration 
Yeah, you know, it's just uh, it's amazing what happens when you just put yourself out there and you just mention the right thing to the right person and you just never know what kind of path it's going to take you down. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's all about community. Yeah, that's right. You mentioned that. Uh, you mentioned that when we were talking, before, you know, before we started. And uh, I mean, how is how has that helped you along the way? Well, from somebody who has not had community most of her existence as a photographer, um, working solo, trying to edit your work, trying to figure out where your voice is, trying to figure out <clears throat> if a photograph resonates all by yourself without, you know, anybody else there. When I started to come to LA after moving to Orange County and then pushing myself out into like being brave enough to come to LA and go to LACP and go to street week and try to find photographers that maybe I could, you know, resonate with. Um, all of a sudden, you know, the difference between having community and not is mind blowing. You know, it's just, it's just being able to know that people see you and and that you are not in a vacuum allows creativity to um, just just be more. Um, it allows you to be more vulnerable, I suppose, because you know people have your back. They're kind of they're kind of like support. We're all supporting each other, and that's how we can do our best work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How have they helped you get make your work better or different or? You know, do more of this, do less of that. Well, I've had a few mentors. Mm -hmm. um, James Friedman, I mentored with him before moving to L.A. in 2017. And um, he, he, he helped me believe in myself. He, and I think that's one of the things that I, when I meet other photographers and they're really unsure, I say that's, one of the most important things we can do for ourselves is to understand our own work. And that takes a lot of time and commitment. It doesn't mm -hmm. happen overnight. It takes um, a lot of soul searching. It takes a lot of lonely moments. It takes um, being in that dark hole um, a mm -hmm. lot. Mm -hmm. And then allowing yourself to throw that photograph out into the world and seeing where it goes and that kind of community that we now have because of the pandemic right mm -hmm. that, that the that social media different facebook posts groups like frames uh, out of europe mm -hmm. and then it was out of the east coast was photographers under confinement rebecca weston and that group and different kinds of social outlets and instagram those kind of communities by seeing the work and getting different, you, you start to, I start to talk to other women and other, other photographers, other men, just other people doing work. And that exchange gives me um, the confidence to know that I'm actually producing a photograph that is resonating. And that community together, the back and forth, that's, what's, that's what drives me. If I can help another person believe in themselves at the same time that another person has instilled that in me, that's community. Paying it forward. Right. 
Yeah, it's interesting. You, you say coming to understand your own work. And I think that's something that it, it does take a long time to even realize that you often don't right. or or need to. And I was just thinking about the, the same subject the other day because it seems like when you go back and look at your body of work that you've created over time, and um, it begins to tell you things about yourself that maybe you didn't realize or tells others about you. And I, I just wonder what, uh, if you even know the answer to this, what's a, what does looking at your body of work tell us about you or tell you about yourself? Um, yeah, that's, that's a loaded question. <laughs> Uh, you know, I think that I am just, I've just accessed, um, the true, um, the true sense of just letting it go. Um, one of the things that I, I've often, excuse me, one of the things that I, that resonated most when I was in college and believing that photography and feeling photography was my, my mode of expression mm-hmm. was how important being vulnerable is. Right. But being vulnerable is not an easy thing to do. Like it's, it's, it's scary. It's really scary. So I think that, that I, I, I came to that point of allowing myself not to worry about what other people were to think about my work. And so I'm not really looking at what I'm saying to people other than hopefully as I express myself and, and allow it to happen, eventually the work will reveal itself of who I am. I just, I'm still in the midst of that. I'm, I'm Mm -hmm. so incredibly um, prolific right now. I'm just, I, I just see photographs. So I don't, I can't really answer that because I'm in the, I'm just in the throes of it. I get it. Yeah, I get it. I'd like to take a quick break to thank the street photography magazine subscribers for your support. We couldn't do this without you. You may have noticed that we don't sell advertising or sponsorships in the podcast or inside street photography magazine itself. And that's because we want to be completely objective about the work we publish and the services and gear that we cover. Our only constituent is you, our listeners and readers. So if you like what we're doing, you can support the show by subscribing to Street Photography Magazine. It's only $5 per month, and you can do it by visiting streetphotographymagazine.com slash subscribe. And now back to the show. And you were just, uh, you were talking about when you um, started working with, uh, with uh, James Freeman, that he, you know, he mentored you and he gave you, gave you the, I don't know if courage is probably the wrong word, but to, to put your work out there, did you find yourself doing really good work that you just kept back to yourself? It's just stored on your hard drive or hanging on the wall at home that nobody else has seen? There's, there's work. What he taught me is I couldn't necessarily, I didn't understand my work. Like 
I mm-hmm. sent him 20 photographs before he had, he had put out a call. I'm going to do a workshop. And I saw it on Monty Gerlich's Facebook feed. And I was like, I was, I didn't have a community. I was all alone. I, did, I was really scared, really scared about showing my work to anybody. And I sent these 20 photographs to him. And the next morning I woke up and he, he spent an hour and a half focused on one photograph I had made in Hong Kong called, it was the individual photograph that started my extended frame bird market. And it's a, it, it's a beautiful photograph. And I thought it was a beautiful photograph when I made it in 2014, but it's a perfect example of how I wasn't sure. Like I wasn't sure. I thought it was, but I wasn't sure. I needed, I needed somebody else to look at my work and to say, this is so complex. You've captured all these elements in here and this is what you did. And he, and he spent an hour and a half talking about all the different compositional qualities that I had put in there. And I, and I, and I really didn't understand. It was just innate, but I had to learn to understand it. So then I took, so I started working with him in 2017. So that made me like realize, and then he started to look at a lot of other photographs. I was doing a lot of demonstration um, work, you know, we had the women's march, mm-hmm. we had all those marches, and so I made photographs, and he was looking at that work, and he and I would send him all these like raw photographs, and he would go through them, and he would choose photographs that I would have discarded, that I would have deleted, and yeah. he said to me, "You don't understand. Like, you need to look at this." And I was like, "Oh, okay." And so he he brought to me a different um, sensibility about how to look at mm. my photographs and how to frame and how to like, and to understand that one should never delete other than it being blurry and totally, you know, crap. But most like, likely we, we, as we grow, we look back in time and we see work that is way better than even a photograph we thought was good at the time. Yes. Yes. So how do you find somebody you can trust like that, that really connects with you and connects with your work? You, I, you got lucky. Well, <laughs> I also, well, I, he was really funny. On our first yeah. meeting, he said, do you want me to be nice? Do you uh-huh. want me to be kind of nice? Or do you want me to be really, you know, direct? And I said, I want you to be like unrelentingly honest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, just- yeah. And he was, and there were lots of days that I cried and I felt, um, you know, just depleted and I felt like I was, you know, crappy. Yeah. But that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I mean, you're not. <laughs> well, well, it's, yeah. it's, yeah, but you know, all of us, I know all of us do this. You look at a, all of your work and go, you, you wake up one day and you go, oh my God, that's just <laughs> terrible. You know, everything I've ever done is just, what was I thinking? But that keeps us going, right? That keeps us on the search. That keeps us, you know, growing and expanding and being better. And that's, that's the goal. I just have a little passion for the medium. Yeah, (laughs) just a tad. tad. Well, you grew up as a figure skater, which Mm -hmm. takes, I had a a boss, his daughter was figure skater. And she wanted to go to the Olympics, you know, and you know how, what it costs and how much work it is. It, it's a huge commitment for a kid to do that. You, you know that. I mean, yeah. it's like five o'clock in the morning. That's your ice time. 
yep. you know, doing the work, falling down, getting hurt, probably get cut by those blades. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's called, <laughs> you know, all that stuff. It takes a ton of dedication. How has that helped you in your photography, that background from the, from. It's a really good question. Yeah. So that's exactly what I did. I, I, we would get up before school. My mother would drive me to the rink, which was 20 minutes away in Clinton, New York. And at that time, it, we had patch. They had figures. They, they got rid of figures. But when I skated, there was 45 minutes. It was part of being a figure skater. You had to do these disciplined um, figure eights on the ice that you traced a pattern for mm -hmm. 45 minutes alone on a rectangle. And I would do that at five o'clock in the morning for 45 minutes and then go out and do, do the rest of the skating and different kinds of, uh, you know, jumping and spinning and such. That 45 minutes on the ice by yourself focused on tracing repetitive um, circles. And on that, yeah, that probably gave me a lot um, of the skill sets that I have used throughout my entire life. Um, I, I can focus down. It's that's, that's where it all began. I know you had been on the candid frame with a Barry who is like the best podcaster in the photography world. I've even told him, I think he's one of the best interviews in American media. Yeah, he, he's very, very good. So I was glad to see that you, you connected with him and you told me you connected with him through, um, some work you did called, um, bird market. What, what can you, Tell us about that, and then even about your experience being on the Candid Frame and wherever else that's taken you. Well, I'll, I'll give you a little intro to how I met Abaranex. Okay. I, uh, I, was Orange, I was still in Orange County at the time, and I was trying to make my way and meet people in L.A., and I had heard about Street Photography Week at LACP. And so I went to LACP's. Um, I was was super nervous. It was like my first time in LA and I get to the, get to Wilcox where they were located at the time. And I sat in the back of the room and Baron X was presenting and, and it was amazing. I, I, it was the first photographer that I had seen since moving to, from Hong Kong to LA that, Oh my God, these are my people. I had been looking for my people forever. And then he finished his presentation. He sat down next to me in the back of the room. And so there were a few other people that spoke and we had little chit chat back and forth conversation. This is probably around 2016 or so. And, you know, flash forward, um, I started coming to LA and I took street photography um, classes and workshops and then joined the collective and things like that and got to know a few people. But it wasn't until um, 2020 that um, I had a couple of shows come out at the same time. One was at LACP where I had Betrayal come out and I had, um, I was part of Perceive Me with Christine Shoemaker. And those two things came out in January, 2020. And I received an email from a Baronex asking me if I would like to be on the candid frame. <laughs> and I almost lost my cookies. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. It was, um, it was amazing. Um, like you said, he is, he is just, he's an amazing street photographer. Mm -hmm. He's an amazing human being. The experience of being interviewed by him was, um, um, you know, life altering in that, you know, all the people that he has 
interviewed before, like so, so many of my heroes. Um, yeah, it was wonderful. And to this day, I mean, he's, we're friends, you know? Yeah. And so that, that kind of community, I'll go back to community, um, that, that is just amazing. So, um, and it, and it is very much a community. That's why I'll just say to the, to all those out there that are looking to how do you do this? Um, when we meet people like I met, I had known Iberonex and I had already done, um, I think I had already done um, the interview, but I showed him, he had never seen my work really yeah. in person. And I did a little review um, with him and I showed him my, my extended frame and, and it was the first time I had showed him my, the work in person. And you know what it's like to see prints in person that little exchange was amazing so there's always it's seeing people and meeting people this is great on zoom and social media but that exchange there's nothing like being in person and meeting yeah did he interview you in person or did you do it oh you did oh that's great yeah you're in the same town so that that, that's really nice it's so different yes it was um it was amazing um, it was terrifying, but it was amer- amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I tell you, he, he was the, the tipping point for starting this magazine. Um, I had, uh, I won't go into the whole technical aspects, but I was at the point where, am I going to do this or not? And I'm thinking, who the hell am I? I'm not that good of a photographer. <laughs> And, uh, you know, why should I start this? I'm sure other people can do it better. And then I listened to, I was painting in our house and I was listening to the candid frame, uh, you know, through my AirPods. I was before AirPods, so I I was listening to the podcast and it was one he did by himself. I've got, I think it was episode number 278, something like that. He's probably on like 5,000 now. I'll 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 get you the real number, but it's somewhere around there, and it's him talking by himself, just about you know the challenges, questioning yourself, and it was super inspirational. And I said, "That's it, I'm going to do it." And then after we launched, and that was nine years ago. I mean, we launched almost nine years ago, and uh, so I reached out to him a few years ago, and I said, "You know, you made a huge difference in my life." And uh, I'd like to have you come on the show. So he came on and we actually featured him a few years back. So that was nice. Then we met in person in Miami. But uh, he's, he's, he's the epitome of what one, em- yeah. I mean, what I would emulate, you know, as a, as a passionate, growth-minded um, community, inspiri- inspiring, yeah. warm, sensitive I mean, that's it. You know, I would say Iberonex and then there's Aline Smithson on the, you know, all, again, mentor, inspiring, supportive community. You know, these people, that's what, that's, you know, and to your point, I think everybody, it, you know, what, what it takes to be something is passion, commitment, drive, um, unwielding, um, you know, um, you know, just never give up, just stick to it, you yeah. know, just believe, believe because everybody's got a vision. Everybody can do this. Um, 
it, there is, there are, it's all about unrelenting passion, I suppose, right? I like that. Unrelenting passion. Yeah. Gotta write that. Which I honestly did not know that I had until recently. Well, you've been doing it all along. Yeah, but I didn't realize how crazy I was. Yeah, see? Going back to falling on your ass in the in the in the ice when you're like eight years old. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, I would really like to share that that one should really put themselves out there. Mm-hmm. I think my curiosity and my interest in other photographers has definitely um, made a difference in in my work. Um, just being curious and and open to meeting people. And you just, like you said, you never know where that's going to lead you. Mm-hmm, yeah. um, I met Christine Shoemaker um, and that, that was opened up a whole other side of opportunities. I had just started this work betrayal in 2016. I had started it with Jim um, and then have been working on it ever since. It's, it's, it's a personal journey of something that it's, I've experienced. And I showed her this tiny little portfolio of eight and a half by 11 photographs. Um, and six months later, I got an email from her asking if I'd like to participate in her perceived me exhibition, really? which was about photographing her and how I perceived her. And I almost, again, I mean, I was just like gobsmacked. And so, of course, I said, yes, I would love to, you know, participate and I'd love to photograph you. And so that was, I, it was July, like 6th, 2019. And she came to my house and everybody, everybody from all different mediums, she invited like 59 or 60 artists, really? painters, graphite, all mid- video, all sorts of artists. And I used photography. So she came to my house and undressed. And I put her in front of my window in my bedroom with north facing light. And I had been working on, on the street, I do this as well, multiple in-camera exposures. So I knew in my head that I wanted to do a multiple in-camera exposure, not knowing how that would work. And so it was three. I was only doing three exposures at a time. And we did about 27 takes. And on the 27th, triple in-camera exposure, I hit about, hit, hit this one image that composite came together in my camera. And I looked at it and I was like, I think I did two more takes. And I said, you know, this is a wrap. I kind of feel a moment has happened. And honestly, you, you like when the magic happens, it's, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's this, it's, it's a, it's a flow. It's a moment. It's, it's a, um, elusive thing and it's a gift. It's a gift. So I look at the photograph of that I made of Christine Shoemaker, um, as a gift. I think of the first photograph that I did, um, with Jim bird market, the extended frame photograph. I think of that as a gift and I take that now when I walk on the street and I push myself um, constantly to try to see better and, and, and always like, how can I do this? How can I be, um, how can I, how can it resonate more? 
You know, how can I be more empathetic? How can I see the lines, the shapes, the colors? You know, how? Lots of times, as you know, we get nothing. Yeah. I went out the other day and I didn't even, I didn't even, which is really unusual. I didn't even click, not a click, but it, you know, that's okay. Yeah, it is. It's just not there. It's not Not always there. It's funny. Our, in our, our January feature, we, uh, we featured Paul Kessel, who's, who's a psychologist. And he relates everything's back to sports. And he said, you know, you're going to fail much more than you succeed. You know, I mean, some of the top hitters in baseball, they hit 300. I mean, and, you know, three out of 10, you get a hit three out of 10 times. That's wonderful in baseball. (laughs) You're a superstar. In photography, it's probably one out of a thousand, you know, 10,000 street photography, whatever. Yep. You know, I think I, if you can live with that and understand that, you're, you know, I think you'll be a lot more successful. I walked with Paul. Oh, I did I, you? To, I did. I walked with Paul last June. I had a, I had a photograph at Soho Photo uh, Gallery, my first time ever having a photograph in a New York City, you know, gallery. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. so that was amazing. So I took the opportunity to walk, to reach out to Paul, who is a friend of a friend, David Herman's here. And so they he connected us, and that was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, Paul and I walked on the High Line, and we had the best time. He shoots from the hip a lot. Yeah. He's incredibly witty and dry, and um, <laughs> he made me smile and laugh um, a lot. It was really fun. And I walked with another photographer, Jeff Rothstein, as well, who's oh, really? been photographing New York City for 40 years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So this is what I think about is wonderful about where we are today mm-hmm. is because of social media, because of the Internet, I can reach out to people and say, hey, I'm going to be in your city. Do you want to walk? And that's super cool. I know. That's one of the things I really like about about this magazine is whenever we go anywhere, any you know anywhere in the world, you know I'm gonna I'm gonna connect with another photographer. Oh, and it's it's, it's just so cool. And it's that I think is the yeah. um, that's just, this is why at my heart, I even though I do find I do other things with photography and I use it in all different ways, being on the street is the foundation of my core. Like when I don't know what I, what I, when I don't know what to do with myself, I go to the street when it's a bad day and I'm in another city. The first thing I do is wake up before, you know, the lights hitting and hit the, hit the street. And there's something really grounding and um, purposeful about that. Yeah. I never thought of it that way, but you're right. You're right. You know, it's, I mean, you're, you know, you do a lot of street photography and although it's, yours is quite creative, but it, you know, it's, it's reality, you know, it's a slice of the real world, one 250th of a second or one toy, whatever you're shooting at, you know, it's, you know, it, you're taking that reality. Maybe you're, you're, you know, you're being more creative with it or whatever, but it's, it's just a slice of reality. And 
And then you go and you make the photos of Christine, which, where does that come from? I mean, it's, it's, it's like almost two sides of the brain, but it's coming from the same person. I, I, uh, I really, so I really feel very, very, um, so I, I said this to you before we even started this interview, I'll share with everybody that I feel that 10,000 hours gets you one place and another 10,000 mm-hmm. gets you to another place. Mm-hmm. And I feel just recently that I have entered that place that it's, it's just, it's all one. And it's all about um, use it. It's just, a, it, the camera is the tool. You yeah. know, people talk about, you know, I'm so not geeky um, about technical aspects of the medium. Um, I use my iPhone, iPhone, I use my camera, my Canon 5D Mark III, um, but it's, it's really just a vessel for creativity. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm trying to say. It's yeah. a vessel. So I have, I, I just, I have a lot, I think I have to say, <laughs> and a lot of it has to do with um, what's coming out of me. I have no idea what's coming next. No idea. That's great. Pretty fun. That's great, man. Well, yeah, and we want to include some of your work in the in the article, obviously, so people can take a look at it. But uh, um, as we we're about to wrap up here, so I want to, I guess, before we get too far, because I tend to change the subject a lot, <laughs> as you probably noticed, but anyway. Why don't you tell us where people can can find you, where 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 they can uh, see more of your work and find out about you? I am represented by the Camp Modern, and I am represented in London by <coughs> La Tanger. No, I said it wrong. <laughs> La- I wouldn't notice. I can't. Yeah, I can't no, pronounce no. French to save my life. La Tanger. La Tanger. Which is amazing um, that I have this wow. representation in London. It's it's Joanna James is is very um, forward thinking, and it's women and artists, and I, it's definitely the place I want to go. They can also find me on my website, ellenfriedlanderphotography.com. Um, I have a newsletter that goes out monthly. They can sign up for that. I'm I share um, a blog sometimes. I share my work. I share highlights. Um, I'm also part of Pasadena Photography Arts, which they can, I host and curate open show. It's also, we do open show and forum. Please join us. Um, Instagram, very active, social media, lots of ways. Okay. And we'll put links to all of those in the show notes. All right. Well, Ellen, thank you so much. It was, uh, just a, a great conversation. What can I say? Too bad we're not in the same town at go have a coffee or a glass of wine with you. Absolutely. When you come, we'll go on the street. We'll shoot. That's true. I, I'd, I'd love that. We're not coming out there anytime soon. I'm going to Florida. Oh. <laughs> Florida. I'm tired of the snow. Oh, yeah. I live in a place that's not supposed to get a lot of snow, but feels like Cleveland. <laughs> Yeah, I grew up in snow. I understand. Yes, you do. You 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 had worse winters than we had in Cleveland. Yeah. 
Yeah. Love LA. Love, love, love. Love mm. the blue skies. Love the weather. Love, love. I love, I love the people. It's really working for me. Yeah, that's great. That's great. I, uh, and I, I'd love people to, to reach out to me if they want to shoot on the street, they want to come. Happy. I'm ready to go back to LA. Even OC. Yeah, even OC. <laughs> I'm a tourist, you know. All right, Ellen. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate you taking the time. You're welcome. Thank you. Your thoughts about the show go a long way in helping us decide on the guests and the subjects that we include in each episode. So please take a few moments to write a review in Apple Podcasts or whatever service you use to stream your podcasts. It helps us know if we're on the right track and it helps others to find and enjoy the show. The editor of Street Photography Magazine is Ashley Refo, and our audio engineer is Russell Boyd from WeBit Studios, found at webitstudios.co.uk. I'm Bob Patterson, and this is the Street Photography Magazine podcast, a service of Street Photography Magazine. <music>